For Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. And I want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead, because they are so good to us. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. And we are so grateful for them. And today I have an amazing show, and I should tell you, Jeanette doesn't even know this. I've been waiting two years to interview this lady. Yeah. Welcome to the show, my friend, Jeanette Hanscom. Thank you, Kathy. I'm so excited about this, too. Thank you for having me. Well, I just know what a gracious leader you are. I know that from personal experience because I've seen you in front of groups, and that's how I first met you. So I'm going to read your bio real quick, Jeanette, but I'm not okay. spending a ton of time on it because I really want to hear from you. Okay. So. It's, if you're listening in, and I hope you are my listening friends, I want you to know Jeanette Hanscom is an author, a writing teacher, a speaker, and a busy mom. She is the author of one of my favorite books. I recommend this book to my friends all the time, Suddenly Single Mom. Oh, sorry, Suddenly Single Mom, 52 Messages of Hope, Grace, and Promise. And I love the fact that there are 52 chapters because that's one for each week. And each chapter is so dear. You will love them. But let me just tell you a little bit more about Jeanette, and then I'll quit. She has written for a thousand different amazing people like Focus on the Family, The Upper Room, Standard Publishing, Walk Through the Bible, Lifeway, Guidepost. I know you're impressed now because I am. When I, I mean, I was impressed just from knowing her. And when I saw her bio, I was like, oh, this is awesome. Okay, and then I'm going to share one more thing, and I'm going to read a quote from your bio that you have on your website. I'm going to spell her name, Jeanette, J-E-A-N-E-T-T-E, Hanscom, H-A-N-S-C-O-M-E.com. And so this is a quote from her website. She said, it might interest you to know that I am visually impaired and have been since birth. I was born with a rare vision disorder called acromatopsia, which means... (laughs) <laughs> Not really. <laughs> You're kind. Which means I have no color vision, am extremely sensitive to light, and have visual acuity in the legally blind range. But what I loved, this is so you. This, I mean, normally I probably wouldn't even begin with this focus. I would just let you surprise people with this. But I love what you said. It's hard to explain, but here's how she explains it. Think of it as living in a black and white movie, beautiful in its own way. I mean, 
Isn't that a great quote? And that's so you. It really captures your personality, Jeanette. I love that. So here's here's I, I have so much I want to ask you about because I know I have so many pet peeves surrounding this whole issue of how the church handles people when they end up divorced. And so I think there's just a lot we can learn from you about this. And I'm really happy with how authentic and vulnerable you were in your book. I had a friend call me this week and share some really personal information that obviously I'm not going to share on air, but it just reminded me again, God does this pretty frequently. I'm going to start crying. It reminded me again of how important these shows are. And when people like you come on and share so real, it helps people. So this is where I want to begin your story. We're get, she's going to tell us our story in this half hour, and then she's going to do another podcast with me for all of us. So if you're listening in, I want you to look for the other podcast that, where she's going to share her wisdom. But today we're going to talk a little bit about her story. But here's where I want to begin. In our lives, Jeanette, all of us have something that makes us think, I just can't do this. This is too hard for me. Lord, I cannot do it. And so that's where I want to begin. I want you to share a little. Well, before you do that, okay, that's where I want to begin, but I don't want to end there. And, and sometimes these shows go really fast. So I'm going to say this. I want people to know this in case they pick up your if they pick up your book, they're going to want to look at chapter 52 first. Here's the title, My Not-So-Pathetic Life. Isn't that a great title? And in it, she talks about that first year of being divorced and she she talks in that chapter she talks about the blessing box and it i want you to know this woman is so victorious and courageous and amazing at the end of that year her friend Cheryl said maybe it's time for a new box <laughs> i mean what a great way to end a book so i want to just begin with if it, i want people to understand you're an amazing victorious courageous exemplary woman and you have tons of wisdom for us about how the church can engage with people when they've been in this crisis situation but i also want them to understand you're victorious so let's back up now and go to the moment when it hurt the most so how do you look up to god and say i, I can't do this well it started when um after a kind of about a one-year process of trying to work through some really some really um, serious issues in my marriage that I purposely didn't put in the book. Um, I that my husband and I were actually separated for about a, about a couple of months, and then he, while I was on a vacation with my family, I got an email from him saying that he was moving to a town four hours away and no longer wanted to be married. Mm. So the plan for trying to separate temporarily so that we could, he could get counseling and we could rebuild our marriage was not going to happen. I kind of sensed that it, things going in that direction, but it's still shocking. You know, when you get yeah. that call and you realize, and it was, came in an email wow. while I was on vacation, you know, and, and realizing, oh my gosh, my life is never going to be the same. You know, I'm going to be divorced. I'm going to be I'm going to be a divorced woman in the church, and I um, am going to have to learn how to survive on my own as someone who can't drive due to having low vision. Mm. And I remember having these moments in those in the first few weeks where 
I thought, God, I can't do this. I can't be a single mom. I can't drive a car. As if he didn't know that. You know, as if he's like, in case you missed this little detail about my life. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I can't get my son to baseball practice and, you know, get to the grocery store. And as I was thinking about it and realizing all the different ways he had already surrounded me with support, even while my husband was living out of the house supposedly temporarily, it was like God reminded me, but you have to. You can't not do this. You like you. Um, I, I've sent you support already. You're going to. I, I'm going to send you what you need. And this is, you know, when we realize this is our life, and we can't really, we we can't really not do it. Then I don't. There was something about that that was became a little bit empowering. As hard as it was, it was, and I guess in a way, it was my way of saying. Okay, he's already, that my soon-to-be ex-husband had already done enough, and I wasn't going to let him. But I'm not going to let this lick me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to let this be the thing that does that does me in. I, I'm going to to. Um, I'm going to survive this and um, and rise up. Yes, and it also God also reminded me that when I was when I was young. I was the first visually impaired student at every, pretty much every school I attended. Wow. And because I, I went to school at a time when they just didn't know what to do with the visually impaired kids yet. Mm-hmm. And so teachers were, you know, I, I had just enough of an impairment to create extra work for a regular classroom teacher. Right. And so um, my parents heard a lot of negative predictions of of what I would do. You know, she's never going to be able to make it all the way through a, a regular public school. She probably won't go to college. She probably won't do this. She probably won't do that. And I had I had pretty much done all the things they said I wouldn't do. And and I remember that and I, well I bet be, surviving as a single mom never occurred to them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And so I thought so I'm going to do this too. I'm going. I'm going to make this work. I'm going to, um, you know, debunk the mess- negative messages from every naysayer that I've ever had in my life. I love that. I love it that you were such a, a strong woman and courageous. And and I, not that. I mean, that is the mark of courage, isn't it? When we do the thing that nobody expects, and it's hard, very hard. We're going to yeah, go to break and I knew it, it would about- be hard, and it was and it was awful. But there was something in my mind going, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to let this take me down. Well, I, I, we're, we have to go to break in two minutes, so I don't want to miss a chance to warn you that that's coming up, because I really okay. want you to be able to synopsize what you said so far. When we come back from the break, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the boys, because I know that that's a big theme in your, in your book. And for anybody that might be facing a divorce or, you know, being surprised by this, Listen, I, Dave and I got right up to the cliff, and we almost jumped off that cliff, and we backed up. And we were so fortunate to be able to work that out together. But not everybody can do that. And some people are listening today, and they may be wondering, what is this going to look like? And I want you to know, her book is awesome in that way. We have one minute. Do you want to just summarize quickly something important, Jeanette? Um, I think that I um, I had to hold on to the 
knowledge that God would use what I was going through. I've and I seen think maybe you do as it. a writer, I, I, I everything in my life becomes material, and so there was, I, I, I kept that in my yeah. in my mind. God's going to use this for somebody else. Okay, and he's doing it. So we're going to go to break, but don't forget you can find Jeanette Hanscom on her website, and you can order her book through Amazon. Her book is called Suddenly Single Mom, and her name is spelled H-A-N-S-C-O-M-E, and you can find her on Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F-V-E dot com. I'll have lots more about her. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. You don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door. And the next house over is a grocery Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Crafty, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, we're talking to Jeanette Hanscom. She's a friend, and she's also the author of Suddenly Single Mom, which is one of my personal favorite books to hand to my friends or to recommend to my friends when they suddenly realize they're going to be divorced. And that happens a lot, and and I'm sad that it does, but there's questions that come up. And since Dave and I kind of toyed with that briefly at one point in our marriage, I understand what the questions are. So when I found her book, I was really excited. So, Jeanette, I just 
so grateful you're here. I want to read something from your book because on page 15 you wrote this. No matter how often they saw their father and regardless of how okay they seemed, my boys were getting hurt. And then you followed that up with something else, a story. And, it, and so that's, this is from page two, 118. And this is what I'd kind of like for you to focus on in case I hope my listening friends are not looking at divorce. But if they are or if they know someone else who is, this is really going to help them. So here's what you wrote on page 118. So now we're several months into this year, you know. Today, today, as I watched Nathan march back to his seat with his friends and wait, and I waited to snap pictures of him and his award, I marveled at how messed up he wasn't. <laughs> I love that. I wanted to put that, I wanted to give, really, if my mom was still alive, I wanted to, to take that one part. I marveled at how messed up he wasn't. I mean, don't we all feel that way about our kids? They're so resilient. So talk to me a little bit about the fears that went with divorce and and finding yourself suddenly single. I was really afraid that um, my my boys would feel um, maybe feel ostracized. Mm. Or, or feel like they somehow had something to be ashamed of because their parents were divorced. I, um, when I was probably, I, when I was a young adult, my mom told me a story that she had not heard until she was pregnant with me because it was so, I guess it was so shameful within the family. Mm. And that was that her, her, um, her mom's parents had been divorced. Mm. And, and my mom had no idea, and it's because her the family had just kind of never talked about it, and it was because um, Grandma's dad abandoned the family, which included nine children. Oh my goodness! And after that, the community ostracized the family. I mean, just completely uh. snubbed them. They stopped being invited to birthday parties. No one would talk to them at church. And so, and I'd heard other stories like that where, where women said, I lost all my Christian friends. Oh, my and, goodness. and I, I was so afraid that my, my boys, especially the younger one, cause my older, my kids are 11 years apart. And so my older one, you know, he had a job. He had a, he had a, a young adult life. And, but Nathan, the younger one, he went to this little Christian school. We were very involved in our church. Mm-hmm. And, I thought, what if that happens to him? Or, or, or kids are going to start asking questions that he doesn't know the answer to. And, and I, and I, I was mm. afraid of what it would feel like for him to be moving back, going back and forth between his dad's house and our home. And, um, and it turned out he really didn't do a lot of that. But at the time, I had no idea it was going to happen. And so that it was just, he's going to have this life that I never planned for him. Yeah. And, that and and what will it be like when he's an adult? I know just like, our minds go all over the place, and then yes. when I was able to, um, when you read that that other quote of when Nathan earned that award, I, I remember yeah. just I've had other moments like that since where I've seen, wow, he really is amazing, and the kids are resilient, and I think that a lot of we don't give them enough credit. Yeah. And and I think also some of it depends on I've seen that our attitudes mm-hmm. really do make a difference. I love in, that in how they 
the experience that, that that they had they have and when we can't we can't control you know what the other parent is going to do and how they're going to behave and and maybe what the court system is going to um, order and but we can I learned that I can control my reactions to, I love that you know what's interesting what to me this is a theme among women that I've interviewed Often, because of the children, they won't tell what has really happened behind the scenes to make that marriage fall apart. And the husband has been guilty of some things, and they just won't talk about it because they know they don't. their children don't want to hear that replayed in their life throughout the rest of their life, so they don't talk about it. On the other hand, sometimes the other person, the other, like the husband, will be so bitter that he will talk about things. And so... And, and even spread things that are not true. And so yeah, the wife, we have to be so careful when it comes to what yeah. we decide to, to, to um, like there are some details that I didn't um, reveal in the book because I, I felt, because at the time Nathan was too young to know, to know about them. And, but then since then I've talked to him and I've said, Nathan, you know, now that you're a little older, you're, you're allowed to ask questions if, if you want Smart. to know more. And he doesn't, uh. he hasn't really wanted to have those conversations. But, but I sense from what he, his response was, I know more than you think and uh. I really don't want to go down that road. And so I've, I've tried to leave it, um, I've had to walk a fine line when it comes to the truth versus what's more appropriate to hold back but it all depend but it's all because it kind of depends on what I sense him needing like I had I had some friends who were really adamant that I needed to tell the whole truth wow. to him like no I don't think so <laughs> well and that's really why I brought that I brushed that up a little bit brushed that subject because I think sometimes the church is and other Christians are really quick to judge things, and they don't know. They don't. They don't have the whole. I mean, obviously, you ought to know this. We we all ought to know. There's so many things in our life that other people are, we're not going to talk about in public because they're private. So we ought to be able to give each other some slack and know. I don't know that whole story, and and not judge it and condemn the other person. But when we're not a very, we're horrible judges. We're just bad at it. Oh, we just kind of create our own narrative of what we yeah. decided happened, and and it's 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 so sad. And and so I was I was honest with with friends with certain carefully selected yes. friends. Yeah. But the, you know the the church can be a really unpredictable place when yeah. we're when we're going through difficult things. And Nathan started hearing rumors, which made me sad. He um, he, he actually came home from school once and said that the pastor had kicked his dad out of the house. <laughs> and I said, "Okay, Nathan, that is here's here's the part that's true, and here's the part." not and 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 it ended up being a really emotional but good conversation but we have to remember our kids are going to hear things and so you know what do we need to kind of head off at the pass and what do we need to wait and see what they can and just be willing to answer questions when they come up gosh i think if there's ever an opportunity to learn boundaries that would be the moment because yeah you need boundaries as you go through divorce and, oh, and I know so that, many that, i know mm-hmm. yeah i i think that's one of the beautiful things that comes out of that process even though it's so painful one thing is you begin to understand which part's yours and which part is not yours so i've seen it over and over with my friends um one of some advice you gave and after that quote about you were marvel I marveled at how messed up he wasn't. 
uh, you said for people to understand, like you were learning, to just enjoy the moment and not worry ahead about the things that might scar your kids in the future, which we that we all worry about that. I don't care what our circumstances are. I know we don't have to be a, we don't have to go through a divorce to worry about our yeah. kids getting messed up. Yeah, no kidding. I always say the more people know me, the more surprised how normal our children are. <laughs> I know, me too. And I think, how is it possible that Nathan and you know both my kids turned it up to be very well adjusted? Yeah, yeah. So we're David and I are pretty dysfunctional, but we we do have uh, we have renegotiated our marriage, and it's functioning really well for both of us now. But we spent a lot of years not getting there. I mean, it took us a long time to get to that place. So we're we consider ourselves fairly dysfunctional, but uh, our kids have turned out so sweet, and that's just a miracle. I mean, it's a wonder any of them grow up normal when they have two sinners for parents, right? Oh, I know. And we all, yeah. you know, I think we're all sort of dysfunctional. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm learning that the older I get and the more, um, you know, counseling I I receive and is that, wow, you know, I think that we are all sort of, we're all sort of messed up. Yeah. And it, it was so freeing to recognize that. To go, wow, we're all sort of a mess. I know. We kind of make it like, oh, you know, sinners, shame on you. But really the truth is being a sinner just means you're kind of, you're kind of lopsided, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that we. Um, I, it's. I, I enjoy being around people who can um, be authentic and and be, and share where God has taken them from. Because I think when we when we do that, there would be. A, I, I think the church would be a lot, you know, a, lot, a much more healthy place if we could we, we could do that and we could, and people could feel free not to dump their dirty laundry all over the place, right. but. But to at least be able to say, okay, this is what I'm struggling with. This is how you know my what my life is looking like right now. I think that's such a worthy ambition, and we only have two more minutes, so we're just going to focus on that thought. I, I see that in your life so much, the authenticity and the way you trusted God with all of it, including your children's future, but also your own future, and how you could take your talents as a writer and create a book that would tell your story without dishonoring your husband, but just to say to women, this is how it feels. I get how you feel. It feels terrible. And then, and this is how you survive when you, when you feel like your brain's in a fog and and there's so much pain, you don't know what to do with it all. So I, when I, I know this happens to you all the time, but after I read your book, I felt like we were best friends. (laughs) And I'm sure, I'm sure everyone that reads your book feels that way. So I just really want to recommend that. And I want to say your website again. It's JeanetteHanscom.com. And her book is Suddenly Single Mom. And it is my one of my favorite books to hand off to friends that I know are struggling. And I, I really would encourage churches to even just do a Bible study with it because it'll it'll help equip churches to be compassionate and so much more able to comfort people who really suffer. So, Jeanette, you have 30 seconds. You want to say goodbye to my listening friends? Well, I just want to tell your listening friends, I want to encourage you to um, just whatever God has for you in your life right now, that to trust him and know that he's going to make something beautiful out of it. And he has, he has so done that. Your life is a picture of that. I'm so grateful for all that you're doing with it. And I want to thank everybody for listening in today. This is Fireside Talk Radio. And you can find more blogs and more information about Jeanette at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. Thanks for joining us.
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Diane.